Hello, hi. Hello, hello. Hey. Um, we're here today uh, with a very special guest. The very specialist. <laughs> the specialist. Of yeah, he's he's got some expertise in some fields that we're not going to be talking about today. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout outs to Eddie. Hello, Eddie. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. Uh, we've known Eddie for some time. Chet has known him quite longer than I have. Oh, yeah, God. Since, like, <laughs> what, fifth grade? Yeah. The first time I met him, we were doing some sort of jousting like uh thing and i just hit him straight in the face and knocked him off it was a good it was a good start to a friendship yep excellent first day we met he gave me a bloody nose oh hell yeah <laughs> oh is it because you were turned on like for him exactly like anime we were jousting <laughs> our penises <laughs> kimochi eddie song gave me that we're, hard hard facial we're competitive yeah yep. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So welcome to Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, uh, ostensibly about nerd shit. This week, we're talking about Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Oh, my China's, God. China's so uh, social credit system. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, we oh, saw it together. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, and other things that come up incidentally through the conversation. As things will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So let's get started with... Uh, into the Spider-Verse. Okay, so I'm going to start off and say I am sick right now, so if I sound weird, deal with it. You know, oh, it's super gross. Yep. <laughs> Disinfect everything once you're done. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Into the Spider-Verse was fucking dope, and I'm really glad it was. Uh, not just because it was an enjoyable movie, but I want to see more animation like this. I I had an animation hard on the entire goddamn time. It looked so cool. And uh it's killing it in the box office, so I sincerely hope that uh more animations are as ambitious as this one cuz I'm kind of tired of the everyone's beautiful and anime looking frozen style. <laughs> Have you seen it, Denzel? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. Okay, Feel free so to talk as much as you want about it. I'm sure you want to avoid spoilers because it's still oh, is that's a brand a tough new one, movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some just, stuff that you should know just based off of trailers and, you know, if you have any interest in the comics anyway. Like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, yeah, there's multiple Spider-Men in this movie. Yep. <laughs> Miles Morales eventually becomes a Spider-Man. Oh, crazy. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yep, that's, uh, that's a rough one. I don't, I don't think we need to talk about any major plot points or anything. Yeah. Okay, you know, there's a lot to talk about in the movie without giving away plot. Okay, because I mean, as with a lot of Marvel and superhero movies, the plot isn't that deep or important, really. <laughs> and on top of that, it's a children's movie. Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> one's geared a little bit younger, which is kind of cool because, like they still have some adult themes to it and it's still kind of mature in ways like thematically and mm-hmm. um, the plot does get kind of heavy in certain ways, but not in a way that's like going to be scary or upsetting for children. They just may not understand the gravity of it. Although I will say in like the theater that we were at um, during one of the particularly <laughs> emotional scenes, there was just a kid in the back row just bawling. That, it, yeah, this kid could not take this. It was um, 
Yeah, it was a touching moment between Miles and his father. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know exactly what it is because I know Miles Morales' history. Oh, yeah. I read the comic. If you read the comic, you know exactly what the fuck happens. Even if you played that recent Spider-Man game, you know exactly what the fuck happens. (laughs) You probably already know what happened. Yeah, Yeah, it's a fucking comic book. What do you expect to happen? Yep. So, yeah, that, that kid could not could not take that yeah, just <laughs> unabashed ugly crying in the theater <laughs> oh yikes Great. yikes but yeah well, it was a really cool movie in a lot of ways you know i already gushed about the visuals but i will continue to gush about the visuals because mm-hmm. holy shit that was cool yeah uh and then the plot was solid it was a, a fine hero story and it is an origin story but a lot of people don't know miles morales and it's told in a way that's I would say very uh, excusable. Uh, like it's not just an origin story of like, Oh, Miles Morales got bit by a radioactive spider. They make jokes about the origin stories actually several times throughout the movie, but it's about him becoming a hero, not just, Oh, I'm becoming Spider-Man. It's, you know, he's got multiple Spider-Men to look up to and to like actually teach him how to do this shit. But he has to be a hero. Okay. So does it follow the story of the comic books where his uncle is a thief and he robs Oscorp and one of the spiders makes it out with his uncle and Miles gets bit by the spider because his uncle comes back home with it? It's mm. uh, it's, it's, a it's adjacent to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So does it, it does feature the Prowler? The uncle. Yeah. yeah Prowler's yeah. in yeah. there as... Um, and the uncle is involved, and the spider, obviously. Oh, the Prowler and the uncle are two different Yeah, people. the Prowler is an amazing character. Like, his theme is just so, like, Yeah, the music in that is also really yeah, the good. Mus- yeah, that was a point we didn't cover. But um, one of the things I particularly liked was it's not just action. It's not just drama. It's not just comedy, especially since you have John Mulaney in <laughs> yeah, there. <with> Peter Porker. <laughs> As Peter Porker. But it, it hits all of those, you know, it makes you cry, it makes you laugh, and you're just like, you know, listening to this badass music at the same time with these awesome fight scenes and these awesome visuals. Um, and everything's just stylized so cool. Like, uh, Kingpin, you always picture him as like this very round man, but he's just like a giant rectangle. With- he looks straight up like Strong Mad. <laughs> he looks like <laughs> Strong Mad from Homestar Runner, which is to say a giant rectangle with kind of like Gru's head from um, Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Yeah. <laughs> just with like three more chins. It's it's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I do like the way they stylized Kingpin. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. And yeah, they even... Um, they don't redeem him. He's not like a redeemable character, you know, almost ever. Um, but the uh, Prowler especially is redeemed. But Kingpin, you kind of, you understand his motivations and how he's not that bad of a guy. And then he does something terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like he has an understandable motivation. You get what drives him. You get why he's obsessed with Spider-Man. You get what he's doing. He's still doing some fucked up shit. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So, I mean, how would you rank it among the other Spider-Man films? Ooh. The two most recent Spider-Man films, Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man Homecoming, are easily the two best. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's hard to compare this one to the others because it's so different. Yeah. 
Like visually, this one is by far the strongest. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I like uh, what's his face, uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man, or if I like uh, this Miles Morales, who's I forget the name of the actor who plays who voices him. But I'm not sure which I like better. I I think Tom Holland has a little bit more charm, but this movie may have portrayed Miles Morales as a more uh, relatable character, someone who grows more. So they're both good yeah. for different reasons. There, there's so much growth in uh, Welcome to the Spider-Verse because for like 80 to 90% of the film, he's just kind of useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is very unusual for a hero, but... um. Yeah, I mean, he's even like he's just looking for a mentor this entire time. But it's just something you have to feel out, he learns. Yeah, yeah. he's trying his best throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, sort of. (laughs) But, but, you know, he, he just doesn't know what to do yet. And you could feel that he wants to do good and you could feel that he's trying, but he just can't. He's not there yet. And uh some of that's due to fear. Some of that's due to, you know, not knowing what to do. Because he's a kid. He's like yeah. 13, 14. We, we, it's like Evangelion, you know. We just have some kid. Okay, you have to pilot the robot <laughs> to, you know, save the world. It's like, okay, you have to shoot the web to save the world. <laughs> yeah. So it's it takes him a while, but it's understandable. It kind of reminds me of My Hero Academia in a lot of ways. Mm. Like... He just can't really do anything, but then he gets there. Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) With My Hero Academia, that's a funny thing to bring up, because when he does do something, it's so, like, pain, or it's so much harm done to him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it probably would have been better if he'd just done nothing, (laughs) like, of several times. Yep, yep. But, oh well. But yeah. he's so, like, his convictions are so strong, and that's what we see in Miles as well. Yeah. It's just he wants to do it. He's trying his hardest, but he can't necessarily. And it's painfully realistic sometimes, you know, when you can do everything right, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And it's so painful when people's lives are on the line. Yeah, yeah. You really feel it. Yeah. But the movie is also really funny, and I expected John Mulaney as Peter Porker to be the funniest, but nope. Spider-Man Noir, funniest character. <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Cage. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas yeah. Cage. Oh, of course. <laughs> he does a great job oh, with it. Oh, that's sick. With yeah. great lines such as, uh, sometimes I light a match and I hold it until it goes down to my fingers just to feel something. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So good. And apparently the character that drummed up the most interest and popularity was Penny Parker, who's a future Asian anime girl who honestly to me was the most throwaway character Oh man! Like, of course, she drew a lot of interest. A lot of people are fucking weird on the internet. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. You see the most people drawn to basically diva with a giant spider. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much exactly just diva. Uh, I saw her. I saw something of her. That's exactly how I know it's diva with a fucking spider mech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's anime stylized, and you know she's fun. Like I don't dislike her as part of the movie. It's just if there was any character that. I could 
I just don't care about. That was the one. Even over Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something. Um, the comics, and I, I barely skimmed over the comic, but from what I gathered, it's um, a lot more edgier. And uh, it throws in a lot more uh, anime mech references, which is yeah. kind of surprising. Like you see uh, Simon from Grand Login. You see like the Evangelion crew. Um, oh, in the movie. Or, I mean, in sorry, the in the comic. In the okay. that Penny Parker's based off of. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that she was in a comic. Yeah, all I mean, those all those Spider Men have have their actual comic. comics. Yeah. My guess would have been like she would have been from like Enter the Omnivore or whatever the fuck it was, uh, the Iron Man, the Technovore one. Mm. If I the anime that they I, did. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, it's set in the future. That's that, all. Yeah. That's all yeah. I know. I mean, somebody will correct us. Don't worry. Yeah, there's <laughs> what are somebody, you fucking nerds. There's somebody listening to us right now as we record this furiously. <laughs> We're not even live. Starting just with found a way. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I found myself so many times recently about to type actually to somebody right? on the internet and i'm like i'm not that man anymore i'm not him oh my god yeah i i'm not gonna lie i did that immediately after the movie while discussing um fortnite copyright or oh, doing man. copyrighted dances oh yes yeah. that that is another thing we could talk on because that's a more it's come to the forefront recently mm-hmm. yes and yes. yeah that that's yeah, fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So I guess that's the end of the Spider Man yeah. chat. Yeah. Yeah. Go see it. I highly recommend. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Where's your yellow flannel? <laughs> Eddie Anthony Rodriguez Tano. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, so Fortnite Epic is being sued by Backpack Kid. To Millie and Alfonso Ribeiro, better known as Carlton, Carlton and Banks, uh, from Fresh Prince. Two Millie's the guy who invented the Millie Rock, even though nobody knows that it's called the Millie Rock. And Backpack Kid is that weird, tall, lanky kid who invented the floss dance. And they're all being sued, uh, or they're all suing Epic Games for more or less stealing their dance. Something in which I've been told multiple times that you can't copyright. So, <laughs> yeah, here's here's the the thing with copywriting dances. If you can prove that you are the first person that has done a dance on film and therefore popularized it, you could claim that as your own. Right. Now, where some of the arguments come in is you have stuff like say Michael Jackson and his pop and lock sort of style dances or like the moonwalk. Michael Jackson was not the first person to moonwalk. I don't know the name of the person who was, but it wasn't Michael oh, Jackson. It was a B boy. Yeah. Uh, it, I remember seeing a video about this a while ago. It's literally this kid on video who's at this break dancing competition or it's some dumb shit that they used to do in the late seventies, yeah. uh, early eighties. Throw on the cardboard. They oh, had the like a, I'm pretty sure it was a bunch of people just dancing in a warehouse, hmm. like as part of a video, like you, I'm sure you guys remember the meme video that came out of all those athletic people dancing in the warehouse, the yeah. 80s video. So they mm-hmm. used to do similar stuff like that in the 80s, but with dancers in yeah. the late 70s. So I, th- if I recall correctly, somebody was seen on one of those videos doing the dance. That, mm. sounds, that sounds correct. Yes. But in any case, 
Michael Jackson was not the first person to do it. But he made it tight. But yeah, he made it popular. He he perfected it, you could say. And then, you know, thousands of people have done it since then. And that kid isn't suing Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson isn't suing all those people who have done the moonwalk since then. And why is that? Why is it that they can do it, but Epic Games can't? Well... So, I mean, in the specific case of Michael Jackson, this, I think, is a pretty simple answer, straightforward. The kid uh, who did the dance initially doesn't have the financial means to go up against Michael Jackson. And the amount of money that Michael Jackson would have had to have gained from suing each individual from doing the dance would have been so much that you... It's just to offset the legal fees of just suing them to do the dance that it wouldn't have been worth it. That is definitely a valid argument and probably (laughs) definitely plays a factor. But I was going to say it's more of an issue of personal expression in that when you have something like dance, which is highly intangible, you know, you can have multiple people do similar moves and just the slightest variation suddenly it's a different thing or like, Oh, you did this reference to that move, but it was only for one bar, but then the rest was totally original. So was that one bar copied? Same thing kind of goes with music. You know, it has to be an extended passage, but if you were to take an exact dance, like straight up copy all of the choreography from Chris Brown's run it and have that be programmed into a robot, and it's move for move, beat for beat, the exact dance, you can say, that's run it. You can say, you copied this dance. And that's more like what Fortnite did. It's not as though these are long extended dances that everyone's been doing or, you know, it's the two-minute choreography and they just take elements from different things. No, these are quick, short little moves that are popularized by very specific people, some of who, like, you can't say that the Millie Rock is the most original dance of all time, but that's the Millie Rock. Yeah. I'm Millie Rock on every block. Yes. (laughs) And now Fortnite's out here calling it Swipe. They're not giving credit to to the original artist. They're not making a reference to the song. They're not putting his name in there. There's nothing that links this dance to to Millie and I'm sure all he wants is proper credit and some payment and I guarantee there would be no problem if they just said yo to Millie here's $20,000 we're gonna put your your dance in this we're calling it the Millie Rock and he probably would have been like free money you got it and that would probably be the end of it so the thing is I'm pretty sure this is the case. I'm not entirely sure, but there's a method of mocap where you can just take a video, put points in the video, and then just run the motion capture like that. See, if they did that, then they're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not as if, like, they... The difficult part of that would be proving it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Like, you can hide that information, but if they went through, like, a third-party mocap studio and they did it, and yeah. they have no way of backing it up. It would be easy enough to hire a professional dancer to do most of those. Oh, moves yeah. That, yeah, like, that's for sure. Like, mm-hmm. And it wouldn't even be all that difficult to to just animate those dances on a well-rigged uh, model. But yeah. the point is, 
I think they're just going to settle out of court. I, like, I don't think they, they need any negative press. Like they have infinite money right now. <laughs> they could just do some quick payouts, give credits and that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really odd that they would just not give credit because I'm, I guess granted like blizzard did it with the dances in world of Warcraft they just I remember oh, when yeah, they put true. in the yeah. crank dat dance. Yeah. Didn't credit Soldier Boy. They I think they did call it the crank though. Mm. Um but it's a real weird situation with intellectual property. Yeah. In fucking 2018. It's yeah. fucking weird. I also think part of the issue is that like with the World of Warcraft dances, you didn't have to buy the dances. Like you yeah. you just yeah. had it straight up. But with this one, you can literally say, yo, hundred thousand people have purchased my dance i should be getting a cut of that yeah it's a microtransaction. yeah i think it's good to not be reductionist with this because i i one of the first things that brought this up was you were like people have told me well you can't copyright a dance well why not <laughs> yeah i mean it would be at least in my mind it would be the same thing as like copywriting art right Mm -hmm. um you change 10 percent of it or something like that and then you're fucking pretty much in the clear i think it's 40 or something but it's super subjective and there's a lot of stuff within art that's copywritten that people aren't even aware of that like lyrics are copywritten uh any bit of the music that you have is copywritten so if you sample a song you're supposed to give some form of royalties or at least get permission for it. You know, it could be a two second sample and you just say, Hey, I took your little two second voice clip and they'll be like, yeah, whatever. There's a song by JME called man don't care. And one of the samples listed in the song is, um, it's gigs. I believe he says, bad man. And that is literally quoted as a sample from another song because it's the lyric from the song. Yeah. It's just bad man. That's it. And it's just, it's credited as a sample. So it's really wild. People don't know copyright law because it's so fucking weird and obfuscated through court systems. And like basically corporate interests trying to like make sure they keep control of their shit. Copyright law is super strong and super fucked up. And it's because of Disney. Yeah. I bet you didn't know listening at home that you're not allowed to use certain fonts without yeah. permission. It's certain you, colors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pantone colors, like Pantone specific. Colors. Uh, what it would be like minion yellow. Yeah. Or like Coca-Cola red. You can't use those without written permission. And which you will not get. No, you would never, <laughs> you would never. And there, there are so many things that people are unaware of because life is insanely complicated. Yep. Once you move past like shitting yourself in a diaper, it's it's absurd. Yeah. But on the other end of that, with those same laws, there's a lot of things you can get away with under fair use, such as you know anything for educational purposes, anything for parody is one of those ones that you can get away with a lot. But you can also get screwed a lot. (laughs) Like if you were to, again, on Coca-Cola, you know, instead of enjoy Coca-Cola, it says enjoy cocaine. That's clearly a parody, but you could say that that's uh, against the spirit of Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola could get mad at you if you were making money off of that and it got big enough or whatever. Like 
there are angles that they could still take to get you shut down. Yeah, there's such a thing as defamation. And um, in Texas, defaming beef is an illegal, <laughs> is illegal, yeah. Hold on, what do you mean defaming beef? As in like you're not allowed to say anything bad about beef? Pretty much. If you're publicly trying to like shame, like bring down the name of, um, what brought about like my interest for that was because there was an episode of King of the Hill where um, this guy used his colon uh, where he had like a bunch of beef stuck in his colon <laughs> <laughs> and it was on an art display like it was framed up and it was put next to um, a starving child or a picture of a starving child in Africa, I believe. But um, yeah, at the the resolution for that is, um, you know, this guy's saying, well, it's it's art, you know, I can't do it. But there's also the problem of like, you know, that's his personal medical record in the first place. Yep. <laughs> but then also that... Um, it's resolved at the end because he claims that's uh, defamation of beef. So it's ta- uh, or a sheriff comes in, you know, takes says he's got to take it down, and you know, Hank wins the wins the good fight. <laughs> but like that's a literal law. But that Texas. is a literal law. That yeah. is absurd. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> that is absurd. See, that's the kind of shit that comes about through very powerful lobbying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sketch. And yep. like the same reason why I'm still able to buy cigarettes today. Very weird. It's very weird that the cigarette industry is still a thing. Oh, that's it. <laughs> it's very fucking strange. Yeah. And like, it's crazy that they went through all the trouble that they did to squash the vape industry. Yeah. Like they yeah. put in work. Vaping, of course, is much more expensive than it used to be. So that industry would have shit itself eventually. But like, the lobbying that big tobacco did. Have you guys ever seen thank you for smoking? Uh, I have not. I've seen bits of it. I never watched it's the whole thing. It's fucking tight. Yeah. It's I sick as fuck. Out. At one point <laughs> I'm going to spoil this for you guys. And you listening. At <laughs> I home mean, for it's all real history what, though, right? 15 like, year old movie. Or you can't something. really spoil <laughs> actual current events. Or, I, don't, you know. I don't know how much of it was fabricated, but at one point, uh, the lobbyist is kidnapped. They put a bunch of nicotine patches all over him. <laughs> yeah, like all over his body. And then they drop him off at a hospital. And they were like, yo, this is so much nicotine that you would have had a seizure Seizure had it been any longer. Ooh. It was fucking... It's a comedy movie. But, yeah. But it was that part... <laughs> Damn. Very deep. Damn, that's right. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's fabricated or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He got black vanned and yeah. <laughs> nicotine. It was a pretty. It's a pretty funny movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, the laws are kind of structured in a way uh, to help big business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, hey. Oh, America. Here's yeah, the classic. Here's the politics talk. <laughs> somebody put. I'm gonna put in a you fucking cowbell. I'm gonna put in a cowbell here. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. It's so much work. <laughs> I don't have a cowbell. <laughs> like go online, find a cowbell sound. Yeah, match the level so it's not obnoxious. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I, Too much work. Yeah, but Fortnite. I don't think any of these people are going to win uh, if it does go to court. It's I. <laughs> you got to define win. I yeah. think they'll get a settlement. I don't. I. Th- yeah, I don't think they're going to even settle, to be honest with you. Really? Because they have the amount of money that Epic has, they could literally prolong the process forever. Hmm. Like, that is probably true, but I also 
I'm not but, sure if the court of public opinion will affect this, like no. how it will affect it. Because like, because Fortnite is so popular, there are going to be people that are on the side of Epic Games just by the nature of it's Epic Games. Have you seen the response so far? A lot of people are just mad at the people suing Epic. Really? Huh. Yeah, as if like these dances are going to fucking bankrupt them or something. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's it, if anything, what's going to end up happening? Best case scenarios, these people get paid out whatever money that their dances generate, and they get royalties going forward. I that's is, a best case scenario for for the creators. Yeah, that's the absolute best case scenario. But what's probably going to end up happening is they get shit. They get nothing. They might actually get nothing, but I think that would happen if what I imagine is going going to go down is Epic is going to lowball them hard. And it's going to be like, okay, here's a little something. Here's a little pittance. And if I had to guess who it would be, it's probably two Millie is going to be the one that's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I want my settlement, a real settlement. And, uh, he's probably going to be the only one. the other people are going to be like, yep. I'll take my my couple grand, whatever, and my credit. Yeah, and and like <laughs> to me, that's that's what they need is the credit and just a tiny little payout. It and that's what they can walk away with if they try and get like a six figure settlement and they put in the actual song and they get full royalties, whatever. It's not happening. Yeah, because the only thing that would keep them really from dealing with Two Millie specifically is that that song is on a record contract, and like I would venture to guess that the record company owns the rights to the name Millie Rock. Good chance of that, and they probably, if I had to guess, own some amount of rights to the name Two Millie. Also, a good chance of that because record labels. Oof, they, they, get they own every you. Every piece of you. Every they fucking own piece. you. So my guess would be that he would be the most fucked of everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really know how that would work with uh, the Carlton dance as well, because I don't, I don't know what network still has the rights to Fresh Prince, but yeah. someone owns that. Yeah, somebody owns uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I don't know that they would own the rights to the dance because. I don't think anybody would have been thoughtful enough to copyright a dance back then. I, if if he was given specific choreography to work with, then they would probably have more of a claim on that. But apparently, he just did that himself. Okay. So I guess he would be the original creator. And just because Fresh Prince was the platform on which he did it, he still invented that dance so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting case. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Fingers crossed for the creators, but <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot of ways it can go wrong for them. Yes, absolutely. All right. So finally on this week's episode, I guess it's not finally, <laughs> but on the remainder of this week's episode, we're going to talk about, uh, China's social credit system. Gamifying life. Yeah, China. buddy. You guys that high score. 
Doc. All right. So for those of you who aren't necessarily familiar with the concept of gamifying, it's basically when you take something and you make a game out of it. You give people experience points, and with that experience, they gain levels. Uh, a concept that this is common in is school itself. You turn in work. You get credit for the work, and that red- credit goes towards a grade or vice versa. Uh, you don't turn in the work. You get negative credit, and it brings your grade down. So the idea here in China is that uh, they are gamifying life to some degree. Yep. And it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable with. Now, I read a few stories about this, and uh, there are a lot of different takes on what actually is going on. So I want to start first with how effective gamifying things is uh i looked at a study a single study that's been cited 700 or so times uh so my guess is that it's authoritative at least in some measure so it's from the international journal of human computer studies from one of their 2015 issues the authors are katie seaborn and deborah i fells this is one of the things that stood out to me in the abstract however Definitional subjectivity, diverse or unstated theoretical foundations, incongruities among empirical findings, and inadequate experimental design remain matters of concern. So effectively what they're saying there is because it's inconsistent, it's hard to get an idea of how effective uh, gamification is. Mm. So a bunch of people are running different rule sets for their games, and it's hard for people to come up with an idea of how effective it is. Sure. Uh, and they, they more or less survey people throughout the study. That's the major takeaway that I took away from that. Yeah. Uh, so in China, the first article that I came up on was the idea that uh, this was something that was announced in 2014, but was planned to be rolled out in 2020. And of course, There are flaws in this information, but I kind of want to lay the groundwork for the idea uh, based on what Business Insider had provided for this. uh, There are a lot of different things that can happen to a person if their social credit score got low enough. Uh, But before we get into that, what do you think your respective social credit scores would be? I mean, I generally just keep to myself, so it would remain pretty much neutral. Like I don't do things that are necessarily good nor bad for other people. I don't litter. Sometimes I'll pick up trash off the street. Uh, Uh, I hold the door open for people. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I don't really go out of my way one way or the other to help nor hinder other people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. Like I I'm of the belief that everybody commits probably three crimes a day. But they're just not caught for it. <laughs> I mean, every time I drive, I was speed. Yeah. So every yeah. time you drive, you you break the speed speed limit several times. Maybe you did a California roll um, to maybe bigger crimes like uh, you know maybe you've transferred money for somebody you know under the table for something or you know whatnot. But um, for me, all I have recently is a speeding ticket, um, and that's about it. You know, I never assaulted anybody. <laughs> Um, in the parking lot of Chili's <laughs> <laughs> drunkenly on a Friday night at 2 a.m. 
Just uh, on my bucket list, though. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that you specifically, Eddie, went for lawful. You're kind of lawful, somewhat interpersonal. But the idea here is that not only are you being raided by the state, but you're being raided by people you know. Yeah. So I know I would be fucked. Absolutely. <laughs> My social credit score would be fucked. Absolutely. Just based on your Twitter activity. <laughs> yeah. That alone, my shit would be wrecked. And w- which is one of the reasons why I'm glad this doesn't exist. Because um, this is a quote from Business Insider. Like mm-hmm. private credit scores, a person's social score can move up and down depending on their behavior. The exact methodology is secret, but examples of infraction include bad driving, smoking in non-smoking zones, buying too many video games, and, p- and posting fake news online. Now, this is according to Business Insider. Mm-hmm. I don't know how reputable of a source it is. How does buying video games affect anything? Well, I, my guess would be that you're spending too much time playing video games and not enough time helping the state move forward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Like, I don't know what culture in China is like, but I'm sure it's like kind of a tribal mentality. Like, yeah. at least coming from the government, we are one people. We need to move forward. Right. We got it. We're all in this together. Everyone does their part. Yeah, exactly. So if you're playing too many video games, you're you're not committing to the state. I I will say, however, I don't know if Business Insider knows exactly how how Chinese gaming works, but this is going to be a stereotype. However, Chinese love their microtransactions. So if it's, oh, you spent too much money on one video game, all right, social score down. <laughs> if you're a whale. No whaling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a big problem. Um, so here are some of the things that you can suffer if you uh, have a low credit score, social credit score. And this is the order of these things is not in the order of severity. Uh, because you'll see when we get down the list. But number one is banning you from flying or getting on the train. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, according to Business Insider, 9 million people with low scores have been blocked from buying tickets for domestic flights. Channel News Asia reported in March, citing official statistics. That's wild. I'm curious, like, what's the point behind that? Like, you know, why... Is there? Do they feel they're going to start a fight on the plane? Do they feel they're going to bilk on the flight? Now there is there is something that I've heard about mm-hmm. mainland China. I I don't know a whole lot about China, so you know if I if I'm incorrect with any of this, please excuse me. But I've heard that a lot of people are incredibly selfish and rude, and I think this is a an effort to combat that, like. When you hear most news stories about really shitty tourists right now, it's actually more mainland China than it is America, which, you know, we, we, uh, I know as Americans, as Westerners, we think of Americans as the loudest assholes, but now apparently China's taken over that. The, the Florida yeah. like, of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently one thing that it's really common to do is to just take a phone call loudly wherever you are. If you're in the middle of school answer that phone, chat it up middle of a movie, constantly people talking on the phone. And there, there are measures that people are trying to do to combat that, but it's not really working. 
this could be something like that, where like, if you're being an asshole on the train consistently, you can't go on the train anymore. But that still feels super extreme. There's yeah, nine million people with that's an ad. Bad. That's yeah. just pun- like they're trying to correct it just by punishing them, but that also screws over their life. That's you know, if you can't take the train, you know, to work, you got a bike. You know, maybe you can't afford that bike though because your credit score is so shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next thing on the list is throttling your internet speeds. Oh, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense if you play too many video games or whatever. Uh, Banning you or your children from the best schools in the nation. Wow. So, if you're an asshole, you can't get into, like, the Tokyo U of China, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know what Chinese (laughs) schools. (laughs) And here's a quote from the article. A Chinese university denied an incoming student his spot because the student's father had a bad social credit score. That's fucked up. Oof. That's yeah. so fucked up. But I know in traditionalist Asian culture, family is a big deal. Yeah, sins of the father, baby. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> the next one is stopping you from getting the best jobs, which, I mean... That makes a deal of sense in a way because you do do like culture fits yeah. for any workplace. So if you're a dick, then, you know... This one makes the most sense for me because in reference to the article, the thing that they bring up is called quote unquote trust breaking. So if you're doing anything illegal like embezzlement or laundering money through your company or doing anything like that, it'll basically preclude you from getting a job as a manager anywhere Mm -hmm. uh, based on whatever blacklist is generated. Got it. Now, the next one is keeping you out of the best hotels. That's okay. (laughs) Again, I think that's on like the tourist thing. Yeah. Yeah, There's one thing that I don't really understand about this. Um, The article says people who refuse military service were also banned from some holidays and hotels showing that vacation plans are fair game too. the regime rewards people here uh, as well as punishes them. And the reward is like, you don't have to wait in line or whatever. You get faster travel to places like Europe or whatever. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, I'm I think that this is a very, very, very slippery slope. Like to into controlling people's everyday lives. And I mean, that basically it's hardly even a slope. That's basically already what they're doing. But. I mean, if it's effective, like if it actually gets people to act right, if it creates fewer assholes in the country, well, I can't I think hate on it too much. That would require like a whole different cultural change rather than going into like the steep technological authoritarianism. I think like loosening up and not actually demanding people commit to the state or whatever the fuck china does the bad stuff that china is up to uh like currency manipulation things of that nature like if you change the culture a little bit i'm sure people would be less awful like there have been plenty of videos that i've seen online of people in china who have been like run over by cars or whatever or hit by cars there was literally a video i saw when i was a teenager of somebody stuck underneath a tire and people just walking by not doing anything. That's wild. Yeah, it was really fucked up. But, you know, 
that's the culture. I mean, it can change, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You just have to find the right way to do it. It's, that's, it's really hard to move but, that many people. That's like a story like I kind of heard about New York. I don't know if it's true, but just, you know, dead guy on the subway and everybody's just like, oh, he's, you know, just minding their business either for the bystander effect or, you know, it's just like, yeah, just another day. Somebody will take care of it. That's, I guess it depends yeah, on it depends accurate. on what position they're in, right? Like mm-hmm. if they're laying down on the floor, that's one thing. If they're just sitting, leaning against the glass, like in a seat, yeah, then it would be hard to tell if they're dead. Yeah, it's just damn, that nigga stinks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. wonder how long this social credit thing will last. Like for your record, are you permanently? Yeah, banned? how how quickly does this move up and down? So mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Oh man, we'll get to that okay. because there's an interesting twist in this. You can pay. No, no, yeah. it's not even. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's f- way different. Okay. Uh, number six on the list is getting your dog taken away. What? Uh, <sighs> so. It's like if you're breaking rules, like walking your dog without a leash, oh, or if your sure, dog sure. is loud yeah, as yeah. fuck and you can't control it, then they'll take your dog. Got it. Oh my uh, god! If you get dinged enough on your social credit score, that would stop any law from being passed in America, right? Uh, they, we <laughs> love our dogs here. <laughs> fuck with my dog? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. You dressed your dog in an outfit too many times. <laughs> 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 Uh, the next and last one is being publicly named as a bad citizen. Oh, no. So uh, Naming and shaming is effective. Mm, if you care. But mm, I feel... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like That's what the going theory on fat shaming was for a while. Uh, well, like, yeah. If you point out somebody's fat and they're, they're a piece of shit or whatever, like that, they'd eventually change their ways. But as it turns out, that it had the exact opposite effect. I... Yeah. I think with fat shaming, the difference is most people are aware of their weight, mm-hmm. whereas entitled assholes sometimes don't realize they're being entitled assholes because they're so entitled. Well, think about it like this. When's the last time you approached somebody who was uh, being an asshole and you said, like, hey, you're being an asshole? I mean, I've called people out that I was with if they're like if someone that I am with is being rude to a waiter. Once that waiter's gone, I'll tell them, you need to back off. They're doing their best. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that most people get defensive, right? Yeah, no, that is true. So I wouldn't imagine that this would have any better effect being named a publicly bad citizen, right? They'd probably, yeah. what I would do if I was named a publicly bad citizen is get it fucking tattooed on my chest. (laughs) Walk around without a shirt. So, um... Just a quick like psychology lesson. Um, this is called conditioning. So there's uh, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. You may have heard of these terms. And also positive punishment and negative punishment. Um, so for the reinforcement, positive reinforcement is when you add something. If you did a good job, if Denzel got a 100 on his test, I would say, good job, Denzel. I don't know. I'm buying you a beer. <laughs> oh, hey, hooray. Yay. Uh, negative would be I take something away. So Denzel got a uh, 50 on his test. Hey, it's not my fault. The teacher's just way dumber than me. Okay. I put all the right answers. Well, you can think <laughs> about that while you're grounded. 
<laughs> no, I took away yeah. your I took away your Fortnite privileges. No. <laughs> How am I gonna shoot with my friends? I don't even know what that dance is called in the game. It's, it's I think called, it is shoot, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's about throwing dice, kids. The dance is about throwing dice. <laughs> oh my god. And then so past that there's the camp of positive punishment which sounds like an oxymoron right like how can punishment be positive but keep in mind positive here is introducing something so a positive punishment would be introducing this these hands to your face (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if denzel got a bad grade and i gave him some of the you know some of these negative uh punishment would be i'm taking away um something negative from you so like um, this is a really weird example to give, but like, say I was keeping you up and blaring music, you know, as punishment and I take that away so you could sleep, you know, soundly. Oh, that's a Guantanamo Bay torture. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> like they put you in a dark room with strobe lights and put on metal Oof. and Oof. there's no bed. There's no chair. There's just a concrete floor and the strobe lights and the metal. And they just leave you in there for hours. It's, oh, it's effective for interrogation, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. insane. Holy yeah, shit. It's real fucked up. But, yeah. but where you're in positive punishment here or where you're shaming them, it, it doesn't always work where you said in the example of like fat shaming. So you can't, you can't just tell somebody you're fat, right? And they'll fix it. You need to help them solve the problem because they're conditioned to do something one way they're conditioned to eat more than they should to eat bad things um so you have to take away that you have to positively reinforce you know them eating healthy i mean yeah yeah definitely you are correct Mm. and in this case the state is giving you more negatives more things to be afraid of than they are giving Mm -hmm. you positives at least in this article okay so let's move forward to uh foreignpolicy.com uh both of these websites are dot com so you know you can't trust them (laughs) it's all fake news so from the foreignpolicy.com article it says uh serious offenders may be placed on a blacklist published on an integrated national platform called Credit China and subjected to a range of government-imposed inconveniences and exclusions. These are often enforced by multiple agencies pursuant to joint punishment agreements covering such sectors as taxation, the environment, transportation, e-commerce, food safety, and foreign economic cooperation, as well as failing to carry out judgments court judgments i want to know how food safety plays into that if you're bad (laughs) you get moldy food (laughs) so interestingly enough Uh the 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 article goes on to explain that this information collected by the government does not affect individuals Mm. so apparently the whole china social credit thing is hokum it doesn't exist interesting yeah so i read two articles that basically refute the idea of this chinese social credit system and this is part of the problem with looking at dot coms re re (laughs) it's a dot com it can't be reliable re uh 
this is the, because I looked at the Washington Post and foreignpolicy.com. Both of those sites have articles refuting the idea of this thing existing uh, and being used to punish individuals who are acting poorly in the eyes of the government. But I will say that there were multiple articles and a ton of YouTube videos. Of course, YouTube is not a reliable source, people. No, no. Uh, don't don't use that. Uh, that do say that this is the thing that's happening. And even in the Business Insider article, it had direct quotes from people who were being affected by these things. Hmm. So it's almost impossible to tell uh, if this is a real thing. But I'll close out with this line from uh, from the foreignpolicy.com article because effectively both the Washington Post and foreignpolicy.com were saying the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if one was based on the other or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess vice versa doesn't yeah, really even really make fun. sense right there. Uh, a third common error is the belief that social behavior, consumption habits, and political loyalty impact one's social credit and constitute a basis for imposing punishments. Again, that misconception typically arises from conflating private commercial rewards programs, which do consider shopping and social behaviors and assigning their own credit scores to the customers who opt into the program with the government-sponsored social credit system. Interesting. So, hmm. One of the things that was brought up in both of the articles from WAPO and uh, FP – I guess there's not like a good explanation <laughs> for that. For uh, Paul. Yeah, Fopo. Fopo. Fopo, Wapo. I like it. Uh, so the idea was brought up in both of these articles that there are private institutions that are participating in this social credit program, but what it is is actually a rewards program uh, that's used across multiple companies, right? It would be something like Five Star, if you're familiar with that in the U.S. It's basically a rewards program that gives you points from specific stores that you shop at. But the idea here is that it's spread across a bunch of different shops. And with that, you are given rewards based on your credit or how many points you accrue. And I don't know what the social media aspect of these specific programs are but according to fapo and or fopo and wapo um, (laughs) they are both privately held and they don't actually affect anything Hmm. so i saw that vice put out a documentary i think it was vice about this and i'm gonna look into it because it's this sounds if i had to guess a little bit it sounds like a little bit of both right yeah like i can definitely see the Chinese government implementing this and actually using it. Yeah. But at the same time, both of these articles kind of refuting the point seem real reasonable. They don't seem like they're made up at all. I mean, do you think that, I mean, the, the 9 million figure, you know, 9 million people denied access on trains or planes or whatever. Do you think that this could be a sort of state sponsored boogeyman? to get people to act right where it's like because there's talk about it and you know everyone everyone knows someone but no one's actually been affected yeah that's like possible. the government is like playing fuzzy slippers to their own people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it would be possible i think it's possible because you could scare the shit out of people like yeah that. It, i mean if you would have heard that 
I mean, just think of like, everyone's got some gullible ass on that's like, oh, the government's going to start implanting chips into your body so they can keep track of you. And this is the sign of the devil. Yeah. Like they put those in with vaccines. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how they get you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like if, if someone said, oh, the government's starting to do this, you know, you probably didn't hear about it. Like, yeah, people are going to start like looking over their shoulder a little bit and, you know, maybe I will pick up that trash that I was going to just toss on the ground or whatever, you know? And if it's the government actually saying, yeah, we're doing this. Nine million people have been affected. You're lucky that you're not on our list yet, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I think the problem here is like several fold of if you stop a bunch of people from being able to take like public transportation, you're hurting the transportation industry in China. Why would you do that? <laughs> the hotel industry. Yeah. Um, well, have you ever heard of the idea that there's too much demand for something? The surplus, yeah. Yeah, so the idea is that, and granted, this is fucking stupid and it doesn't make any sense, but like, imagine New York's subway system, which is constantly falling apart and doesn't have the capacity to serve everybody. Okay. How much money do you think they're losing by not providing service to those people who do decide to take other options over the amount of people that they are serving. Like, do you think they're losing a quarter of the revenue that they could have? Do you think they're only losing 10%, 5%? Because it's, it's kind of impossible to say yeah, to, for the opportunity cost, but I would say maybe less than 5%. Okay. So imagine the opportunity cost in China. If you're losing and you're not sweating it, 9 million people, how much money do you think they're, they <laughs> yeah, would actually really. have to be losing if this isn't just some elaborate ruse by by the country? Yeah, because there's a lot of in, misinformation even in America about like credit score. It's like, oh yeah, depending on your spending habits. It's like, no, it's just based on know. five simple factors, right? I don't. I still don't have any idea how credit scores work. To be yeah, honest, yeah, it, it's. I've seen my shit go up while I was like accruing debt. <laughs> and then, like, go down while I'm paying shit off. Like, this makes no sense to me, but okay. I've been in a position where I have uh, paid off every little bit on all of my credit cards, and still my car- my score went down. Yeah, because you're supposed to have some debt. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. I didn't it's know that. stupid. <laughs> well, see, Eddie's shaking his head. Eddie's shaking his head. You can How zero do- it out. Yeah, the bal- is as long as you're making like consistent payments. So the I don't know. So there's something else that could have been the factor. I'm not looking you know, and Closing cards credit. isn't necessarily a good thing for your credit score. Closing your cards? Yeah. Well, you, or, you, or you mean zeroing, zeroing out, out the balance or like closing the card? Because you lose all of that history if you close out the card. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect for me. I've had one card since I was 18. Uh Uh-huh. So, or I recently got a second credit card. uh, But I've had the one card since I was 18. And I think I'm just going to close it out. (laughs) But, like, I don't want... It doesn't matter, right? Like, the credit history... you lose, like, the credit history of, like, how long you've had that credit. So that's going to be a big dock for that. But if you open it another and start... That's why they always say start building up credit early as possible, like, right when you're 18 or... I mean, but there's also other factors. Like, if you do student loans, if you do car mm-hmm. loans, home loans, yeah. whatever, those also affect uh, Other stuff heavily. does affect you, yeah. Like, I um, had a few fees for overdraft on my 
<laughs> on my card when I was, you know, 18. Um, I remember a very funny moment when I had to put in about oof, 30 cents for gas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was one click <laughs> and I was done. But um, yeah, so that affected my credit score, even though that wasn't with a credit card. Yeah, there was a there's a trick mm-hmm. for all of you broke boys out there. This takes some experimentation, but if you use a debit card and you mark it as credit at some gas stations, they'll only bill you for one cent for a day. Yeah, and the full yeah. amount will come in at a later period. If yeah, if you if you have no money now and get are getting money soon, you can play with those pending charges yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy that's that's walking the devil's tightrope right there <laughs> yeah it is you bet that ass it is but i don't recommend anybody do that unless if they're in a serious pinch your boys have been broke before <laughs> i i know it Times i have been fucking tough. know it um get a comfy car <laughs> yeah right uh anyway um so this is although we went over all that information it's obviously inconclusive yeah and it's mm-hmm. hard to tell what's going on mainly because i didn't do enough research but as far as i can tell it's somewhere in the middle of the road because like having anecdotes aren't necessarily a great thing to have but nine million people is a lot yeah, yeah. i'm gonna look into this further and i'll have more information next yeah week. I, I definitely will look more into this because i've seen some stuff where like there's one town that it's a small town and they take the interpersonal stuff very oh, seriously you know what that's that's something that i forgot to include uh it's not government wide either yeah yeah what it is is it's um private companies are doing it as well as some municipalities are doing it. I don't know what the equivalent of a municipality in China is. I think it's just a general term that we're going to stick with. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Like small areas do it on their own. Uh, I don't know how large those areas are, but varies from city to city. Some places don't have it at all. Some places do have it. Yeah, but it's not nationwide. See how it would go down in like you know Shenzhen or Shanghai, you know the big big cities. Yeah, I, my guess would be they they don't exist. In Probably those not, cities. but I'd be curious to see how they go down there because I, as most big cities, I imagine people are just generally the worst there. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Oh, fuck. What did I say? Oh, next week we'll come in with uh, some corrections if there are any or if we remember. (laughs) Next week is episode 104. I lied about playing the voicemails next episode, uh, mainly because that's not our two-year anniversary. 105 is. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. uh, I forgot what the numbering process is, but it's additive rather than uh, static. Right. Since we started at one. Yeah. you have to yeah. add one basically. Hey, don't make me look fucking stupid, you guys. Just put in your voicemails. 413 Savage One. Savage. We've got two so far. Y'all could do better <laughs> than that. You could do better than that. Yeah, buddy. Uh let's hope so. Uh questions from the subreddit. Reddit.com slash R slash real nerd hours. Alright, so I'm gonna be doing the questions this time. Uh Juice Campbell says, What is the worst party foul that you guys have ever witnessed Ooh, uh there was once a man this wasn't at a party uh two three things come to mind immediately 
Uh, first, I've told this story. A uh, young man getting a woman to spit in his mouth in the middle of the party. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that was one. Two, a uh, young man who was licking a boot at the party. Hmm. Uh, and number three was a young man we know who was so drunk who came back into the hotel room in the middle of the night, uh, picked a nice chair on the corner, thought it was a toilet, oh, and pissed yeah. all over it. Uh, hotel never found out about it. Which is <laughs> dope. Which means that shit did not get cleaned. Oh, yep. Sitting in the pee-pee chair. Yep. Absolutely. I got a couple. Uh, the first one, I wasn't here for this, but basically, dude just kept spilling drinks. And, like, he was real drunk, of course, but, like, he just kept knocking shit over and just, like, spilling little bits, pouring some on people because he was gesticulating too hard. You know, whatever. And, uh, Eventually, we got to the point where we're like, okay, we actually have to start punishing you for this. <laughs> so, by the end of the night, they started doing pink belly on him, which is, you know, lift up your shirt, arms up, everyone just slaps you on the stomach. And homie's whole fucking torso was just bright red by the end of this, because he fucked up that many times. Uh, but I wasn't there for that. Now, what I was there for was, uh, this was at Anime California some years back, and uh, there were some new kids coming through to the room and uh you know i didn't know these guys but they were cool enough you know there were there was three dudes that were rolling together i feel like i've told the story on the podcast before but whatever you're gonna hear it again and uh one of the guys as i'm talking to him just straight up drops his drink out of his hand straight onto the ground spills all over the carpet it's completely full and it's just gone and I'm like, oh, okay, fine, you know, whatever. You're like, shit happens, let's clean this up, let's get you another drink, you know, whatever. But I told him, you know, be careful with that. This is my room. I don't want to have to pay a cleaning fee. And uh, again, they're just chatting it up with, with some other folks. I'm across the room this time. And I see him knock someone else's drink over now. <laughs> And again, it's a full ass drink. And of course, you know, we're drinking all fruity shit. So these brightly colored punches. And so you can see the shit on the, on the carpet. So, you know, we clean it up. I'm like, okay, cool. Now this shit's clean. You got to go. And he's like, what? But that was an accident. I'm like, yeah, I know it's an accident. That's two big accidents. You're out of here. And he's like, I'm like, this is my room. You need to get out of here or we're going to have a problem. And homie just would not get the message. And, you know, I start calling some people over like, yo, we will physically remove you from the room and it's going to get uglier from there. And he's like, all right, fine, I'm out. So he and his friends take off. And then I see him in the room later that night. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> do you not learn? Jeez. Did you not think I was serious, you piece of shit? Don't ever let me catch you in any of these people's rooms again or we will have a problem. And uh, I never saw the dude again. Good. <laughs> So for me, um, the, you know, there's the typical stuff, just making a big mess, vomiting, drink spilling, all that. Uh, the worst party foul that I ever witnessed, unfortunately, is probably one that I did myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was yeah, a first-hand the witness, yeah. Um, so it would be... Um, <laughs> It would be sleeping with the party host's uh, younger sister. Oh, yes, yes, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe doing stuff on the couch with 
said sister while he's in the same room. Um, it was <laughs> very disrespectful, <laughs> to say the least. But did it ruin the party? No. <laughs> then was it really a party foul? Oh, there was so many party fouls there. Just like uh, the f- fights and floor at uh, garage floors in vomit because a gentleman decided I'm going to kill off the rest of this uh, Popov, a 1.5 liter. <laughs> you know, the kind of stuff that comes in a plastic or the yep. vodka that comes in a plastic bottle. Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, that was that was high school level shit. That was when people did not know their limits. And did not understand how to party. No, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to see firsthand, drive Uber. That's people going well over the excess of what they should be doing. <laughs> yeah, Doug. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have a story. I went to this party in this room at a convention, and I was fucked up. I was trashed, and this woman was in there, and she was like a loud lady, but like she genuinely started getting pissed at somebody because they weren't like giving her some sort of attention. Okay. Oh. This, this is probably the furthest I've ever stepped over the line, but I grabbed her and put her in a fireman's carry, <laughs> and I took her out of the room. Damn. And, uh, God like, damn. In a way, that's badass, but in a way, it's like, wow, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have gone real bad. Oh, it almost did. I'll tell you after the podcast. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Suervelo. Uh, have y'all been keeping up with Soldier Boy's escapades in tech? Duda's released four, count them, four new consoles in the span of one week. Each of these consoles comes... Oh, he sounds like a shill at this point. Each of these consoles comes jam-packed with thousands of games spanning from the SNES to the GBA. Licensing, drop shipping, fuck all that. Y'all haters will never get between Soldier Boy and his dream to create video game consoles. Now watch him, you, crank that legal fund out with Nintendo lawyers come knocking at his door. Deuce. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I, I had heard some rumblings about that, but I, I have not actually kept up with that at all. I mean, if all those SNES Mini and PlayStation Classic and all that, all those things are good for are emulation. So if he's cutting out the middleman, then fuck it, get your money. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's just going to end up getting sued. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> But that's actually pretty interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's hilarious. That's funny that you mentioned like the SNES minis and all that because the PlayStation 1, I don't know if they're going to be under fire soon because uh, they have a bunch of games for their for the PlayStation 1 Classic, but there's also a ton on the disc still that are locked. Oh, word? Yeah, there's wow. ROMs for games that you can't play on the PS Classic. Yeah, we got DLC on the PlayStation Classic? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, how are they going to implement this? Or That's <laughs> so fucking whack. I can't even describe that. I mean, the PlayStation Classic has already been a bit of a fiasco mm-hmm. once they said or they confirmed that some of the games are going to be the PAL versions. So they run at 50 hertz instead of 60 hertz, which, in other words, they're slower. And there's, like, I think Tekken 3 is on there. So if you're used to playing Tekken 3 at one speed, and now you play a slower version of that game, it's going to feel very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Fuck them. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for writing in. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. Thank you for coming on, Eddie. Do you want to plug any of your social media or anything like that? Uh, no, but I want to do uh, my Denzel impression. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> That's it. Just the laugh. The laugh always gets me. <laughs> that's that's incredibly accurate. There's well, so many people that have accused Denzel's laugh of being completely fake. That's that's just how I laugh, man. I don't know. I I don't know. And sometimes I, I if I it. laugh too hard, I start sounding like a supervillain, and it's not something that I can help. I don't know. It's Damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, I uh, love it. One of my <laughs> one of my old coworkers had the perfect impression of me uh, because I used to do a lot of gesticulating with my hands. Mm-hmm. One of my go tos was like double roast hands, but like <laughs> at the chest level. If you've ever seen roast hands, you know the, what I'm talking the about. Boy, yeah, <laughs> boy, that. So what I used to do is I'd stand there like I was holding a small box, <laughs> and I'd say, "Look, man," and he. He he had the perfect impression of me. He would just he would stand there. He'd look at me, and then he would like put one leg out, and then he'd be like, "Look, man," in the same exact way that I would do it. And I was like, "Damn, Jake! Like, what? have you been practicing, man? You gotta call me out like this." Damn. And he was just like, "You do it a lot," and I got a lot of free time at night, so of course I'm here practicing things. God, and Jake Jake's my dude, though. Uh, we uh, were in the two-member yo-yo club at work. Hell Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Y'all have a good night. Hey, yeah. And remember, don't don't let me look stupid out here. Just send in some voicemails. Come on, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, peace.